We interrupt your regular scheduled programming for this brief but important celebration announcement. Hey y'all, happy Juneteenth everybody. Oh my God, I'm so excited to have you here. I have been waiting for this day all year. I can't wait to tell you guys all about Juneteenth. Never heard of it? Don't worry about it. You should have heard of it, I'd like to say. But if you're not familiar with it, it's fine. Today we're gonna cover it and I'm so, so, so thrilled to have you here with me. Welcome to Taboos, a podcast where we talk about taboo culture with foul mouths and drinks in hand. I'm your host, Celeste. So I'd like to start with the definition of Juneteenth, just in case anybody really isn't familiar with what that word even means. Juneteenth is defined as, quote, a holiday celebrated on the 19th of June to commemorate the emancipation of enslaved people in the U.S. That definition was provided by the Oxford Dictionary. This day honestly means so much to so many people for so many reasons. Reasons I, as a white ally, simply just cannot speak to from experience. But that doesn't mean that today is not important to me, too. In true Celeste fashion, I would like to share with you what this holiday means in my house and the ways that we celebrate. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to share with you the actual history and significance of this day. A history that the Eurocentric education system has deprived us all of, and... I mean, once you understand the history, it's pretty obvious as to why. So let's talk about what Juneteenth is, shall we? The following information came from history.com. Small asterisks to that, there is some Celeste information in here as well. So just throwing that out there. January 1st, 1863, a date that history buffs will likely recognize as the Emancipation Proclamation issued by Abraham Lincoln, who also was the 16th president of the United States, for anybody who doesn't know. Check out your $5 bills, y'all. The Emancipation Proclamation established that all enslaved people in Confederate states in rebellion against the Union, quote, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free, end quote. The article stated, quote, but in reality, the Emancipation Proclamation didn't instantly free enslaved people. The proclamation only applied to places under Confederate control and not to slave-holding border states or rebel areas under Union control, end quote. So for anybody who wasn't around in 1863, I know I wasn't, let's talk about what those Confederate states were at the time. Those were Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, Florida, South and North Carolina, and Virginia. Everything else was either established states, disputed property, or belonged to other countries. Shout out to Alaska, which at one point was called Russian America and was owned by Russia, as well as shout out to Hawaii and the Kingdom of Hawaii. What this means, however, is that although Lincoln declared slavery to be abolished, it really was more talk than it was walk. Hashtag typical. Why would this happen, you might be asking. Don't you fret. We are going to talk about it. What I think is really important for you to understand is that this is a two-sided coin, and it's really an important coin in understanding Lincoln as a whole. 
On the one side, Lincoln truly did believe that slavery was morally wrong. Bro was on point about that, okay? Yes, nobody should ever be the slave of anybody else. Morally fucking wrong. Lincoln did not, however, believe that black people should have the same rights as he believed that they were an inferior race. Don't love that news. Don't love that at all. Shout out to our white privilege episode. In a debate at Charleston, Illinois, in September 1858, Lincoln said, quote, I will say then that I am not, nor ever have been, in favor of bringing about in any way the social and political equality of the white and black races, end quote. He opened with this as he was moving on to talk about his position in black people having the right to vote, serve on juries, hold office, and to legalize biracial marriages. Quote, what he did believe was that, like all men, black men had the right to improve their condition in society and to enjoy the fruits of their labor. In this way, they were equal to white men, and for this reason, slavery was unjust. Fucking duh! I would like to submit Abraham Lincoln as evidence that you can be a good person morally and still a racist fucking asshole. I'd also like to submit this as why black people should not be inherently grateful to Abraham Lincoln or to the Emancipation Proclamation. He did them a favor because he was a good person, not because he believed in humanity or equity. That's a problem for me, but I digress. So the Emancipation Proclamation was written in 1863. However, slavery wasn't actually abolished until 1865. Those are not the same time, just so you know. Let's talk about why. Here are some factors as to why the change wasn't effective immediately. This is still according to history.com. So basically, the Confederacy got real mad that Lincoln tried to take away their slaves, because that would mean that rich white men would have to work real hard for the first time in their God-given lives. And that sounded terrible to them. Cue stage left, the Civil War. The Confederacy not only used slaves for labor agriculturally, they also used people for labor of all kinds, specifically as it relates to the war as they were considered property of the Confederate Army. These functions could include soldiers, medics, cooks, carriers, etc. Additionally, in the North, it still wasn't a sure thing that the Union states loved the idea of slavery ending. At this time in America's history, the economy had already been established, and it was in its infancy stages. And as a result, the North greatly saw the benefit of slavery continuing, especially since out of sight, out of mind, right? There was a very real fear at the time that Union soldiers wouldn't even volunteer for active duty had the emancipation been served to its fullest extent because of this reason as well as the numbers being in favor in the South, given that their numbers were purely based on the fact that they didn't need volunteers. They had slaves. Lincoln knew if he could appeal to the numbers in the South, the Union would have a fighting chance at winning the war. But the only way that he could get those numbers was to make slavery illegal where he could, providing what he could at the time as a window of opportunity for slaves to be free if they could survive the trials of life leading up to being in one of those states. Meaning if you were a slave who lived in the South and you were able to escape and get North, you could have your freedom. But if you couldn't make that journey, it wasn't guaranteed. Shout out to the Underground Railroad. 
So really, this was an important but incredibly metaphorical carrot on a stick. At the time the proclamation was originally authored, the Union had suffered some major losses in terms of battle. Things got real fucking bad for them. Quote, it was per Secretary of State Seward who had suggested delaying the proclamation being rolled out to the entire country, even against the Confederacy potentially winning, due to the appearance of that being an act of desperation and perhaps as a retreat from the war, as well as a usurp of power. End quote. The usurp of power being important because... At the time, you have to remember that Lincoln wasn't really the president of America as we know it today. He was only the president of the states that were established. Everything else was basically like an agreement that Confederate states made with the president of America. If Abraham Lincoln decided to move forward with the Emancipation Proclamation even against the Confederacy's will and agreement as a portion of our country, it would have been a usurp of, well, I'm the president, I say this, this goes. And it would have really made Lincoln look like a pussy, and it probably would have drastically altered the way that the Civil War progressed throughout time had Lincoln done that and pulled that power card. So instead, he really sat on it and waited. Seward said, quote, wait until the eagle of victory arrives, end quote. So that's what they did. Fast forward through years of war and death and trauma to our nation, its land, and its people. June 19, 1865, Union troops, which are now recognized as federal troops, arrived in Galveston, Texas, to take control of the state and to ensure that all enslaved people be freed, quote, the troops' arrival came a full two years after the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation, and for this reason, it honors the end to slavery in the United States and is considered the longest-running African-American holiday. How fucking cool. You guys, we have an African-American holiday that has been in our country since 1865, and we don't talk about this? We don't celebrate this every year? What the fuck is wrong with us? Dear white people celebrate this. This is fucking amazing. This is a huge accomplishment in humanity. Why would we not talk about this? In fact, only 47 of the 50 states that we live in celebrate Juneteenth as a nationally recognized holiday. That's despicable. Grow the fuck up, everyone. Thank you very much. Juneteenth is more than, quote unquote, just the emancipation of slavery, in our house at least. This day is a day that we celebrate black people. We celebrate black culture, black art, black music, black love. We just celebrate. We also celebrate African culture as we recognize that that is the ancestral history that links most black people together. And that deserves recognition and celebration for that reason alone. It's my responsibility as a human, as a mother, and as a white ally to do these things with and for not only the black people in our lives, but all black people, as well as any people in our country who have ever been subjected to slavery. Today, as a part of my celebration, I wanted to share this education and moment with you, our listeners, because this is just how we move. This is just how we do things. This is how we love, loudly and unapologetically. And because I don't need the black community to love me, I need my community to love black people. So today I ask you to do a little extra of that. Support a black-owned business. 
Be there for your black friend to talk about some really heavy shit. Spend some time educating yourself. Listen to some jazz or spoken poetry by artists of color. Love thy neighbor and shit. But today, especially, love your black neighbors a little bit harder. Because we all deserve to be recognized and loved for being exactly who we are. To all of my beautiful friends and family who are a whole spectrum of brown, you are so beautiful. I love you so much. I am so grateful to be in your life, and I am so grateful that you are in ours. I love you, and today I am celebrating you. To all of the brothers and sisters out there who might be listening, today is just as much for you. Your natural hair, your natural skin, your natural being is so fucking beautiful, so inspiring, so powerful, and I hope that today of all days, you know that to be true in your core. I know it's a really scary and hateful world out there, but today especially, I want you to be proud that you're black. Be proud to be you. Be proud of you. Because we are too. So from all of the members of the Taboos team, we are sending love and light and the absolute biggest of hugs on this beautiful fucking day. And as always, do you be Taboos. (laughs) 